Slice Audio. It's a Saturday. Hi, Francis. Hi, Francis. I have my bulldog in the uh, recording studio today just licking on some peanut butter because it's a self-care September Saturday. How are you? Are you in... I hope you are... But some people are like... This self-care September is kind of taken off a little bit. Not taken off, but like the people are kind of into it or at least saying they're into it. I started doing lunges like up and down the hallways. Like if you have to go go pee or you got to go get a glass of water or whatever. And so in, in the office of the home slice, I'm doing lunges up and down the hallway, which I'm sure looks stupid. But I'm telling you, man, you do that for a couple of days. You wake up and your butt cheeks are just on fire the next morning. Which means that they're working. I'm super, you know that meme that's going around of that little French bulldog that's like up on the counter and he's got no ass and it says this is what older dudes look like in skinny jeans. Like I don't even wear skinny jeans, but I'm just terrified that that's what my ass is going to look like accidentally one day in public. And so it's, so I added squats to the self-care September routine. Gotta, you just got to take care of that shit, man. Getting too old to not take care of this. Self-care September, by the way, is it's going pretty well. Like, it's not perfect. Here's the trick about self-care September. You know what I've always done every time, a million times in a row, when I'm like, it's time to get healthy. Made a big announcement about it. I'm going to do keto. I'm, I'm going to roll Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And, like, I did that for a long time, but it, it's unsustainable, at least with my lifestyle, forever. You know what I mean? And then when you don't have that, you don't have just normal healthy habits – all self-care September is is tiny little tweaks that are easily manageable. You don't need to be on social media as much as you're being. First off, that alone, even if you gain 15 fucking pounds, but lose 15 pounds of social media anger, you wouldn't you'd be amazed how informed you can still be on every topic that is of concern to you by about 10 minutes of actual news digestion that does not come from anybody else but the news and you're reading the news in its full context. Even if you just breeze the fucking headlines, you'll, you'll just, man, that's working. But you know, I'm doing a little yoga, not enough, but I'm doing enough to, you know, start lifting some weights maybe, but just all, just a little bit, like just drink a little less and eat a little better and make sure you're getting sleep and do a little bit of whatever your version of your yoga is. But you don't have to do a ton. And if you add them all up, I just feel better. Feeling good, man. It's working. I hope you're feeling good, too. Hope you're feeling determined. I'm feeling I woke up so determined today to, like, not dramatically change everything. But just, you know, woke up, cleaned the truck out, went for a ride with Francis, went to the office. We're getting a bunch of work done. I did, although here's the thing to remember, and I'll give you a perfect example. It doesn't mean everything has to change dramatically and you can still fuck up all the time. Because while I'm having such a good determined day, I also for, completely forgot to put gas in my truck. And when you park in our offices, I'm kind of down at a hill. And like as we speak, my truck's running out of gas. I have to go get a gas tank. It's just because I forgot. Like that's okay too, man. You're just working on it. Just do the best you can. And have a little self-care September. There's still half of September to go. Um, God, all of a sudden we're starting off with little. It's like uh, it's like a little motivation today. 
Where do you want to start? I, I'll tell you this. I'm not doing the fucking news today. I'm not going on the internet and reading anything I don't absolutely have to. I refuse. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. I am not going to poison myself. I'm not going to poison you either with it. That's just not that's just not what how this shows that's not how this episode is gonna run. Also, I still keep forgetting. I have to pull up <laughs> I'm sorry. Those of you that have left a bunch of voicemails. I'm I'm getting to them. I just it's so easier when you have a bunch of stuff you want to talk about to sit here and play. And I still haven't figured like I gotta get into the habit of pulling those off so we can play them on the air for you. I will do that next time. I promise. There's because I've listened to a couple of them and oh boy, there's I'm telling you this. Let me just set this up a little. Boy, do I have a doozy of a story for you through a voicemail coming next episode. I kind of want to talk to the dude though. Make sure I can kind of play this. But anyways, you can join the fun, by the way. MurdochJones.com. And we should talk about this. I've got this this thing's making money now. Well, making money is let's just let's slow down. Uh, we've got our first advertiser. So one of the like, let me just get real with you for one second. I start I restarted doing a podcast during the quarantine because I just needed the therapy of it. I just wanted to get into a microphone and just start making some shit, man. And now that we're all kind of coming back out of that, I still want I'm having a blast doing this and I, you know, thinking selfishly for myself, be maybe this can be a little bit of money I never really touch and just set aside and I'm just going to make shit forever and this thing's going to grow and grow and grow but albeit super slowly and eventually that might be some you know let's all go to Costa Rica for a while money or let's send a child to college I'm not doing that I'm not paying for 10 cents of college until I know it's going to be a return on investment I don't believe we're there yet I don't mean that just against my kids. I just think, generally speaking, that's a conversation that needs to happen a lot more often than it does. Maybe you need to sit down, little Timmy, and be like, "Listen, man, you got to be able to show that you can do this. <laughs> Otherwise, just go do something and don't be dragging around sixty thousand dollars worth of a debt anchor." You know what I mean? It doesn't mean it's a failure. A lot of opportunity comes from that. Anyways, where was I heading? That's right. I have an advertiser. Go to MurdochJones.com. Like, I'm not, as this thing grows, I'm not going to bury this in ads. I really just want to do this for fun, but I'm going to make it easy to make a little. So this is how you can help me out. You go to book VIP. Uh, actually, let's do it this way. Go to MurdochJones.com. Just remember that. You need to go to that site all the time anyway to send in shit to the mailbag, right? So if you go to MurdochJones.com and you click on the book VIP banner, which is right there, and it's not in your way, and they're not going to... You're not, you're not, they're not stealing your shit or anything. This isn't a scam. This is a good, I've actually used this. I have used this product, which is why I feel comfortable advertising it. Book VIP can save you an average of 83% on your vacation destination. Would you like to go to Cancun for 400 and 99 am i reading this right 499 bucks a couple five nights includes all your meals and all your drinks you sit your fat ass on the beach and just pump up full of tequila until you can't move anymore then when someone wheelbarrows you into the restaurant you can order three things you don't have to do it that gluttonous in fact i would you know caution you not to but like you know what sounds good right now 
five nights in a in on a beach <laughs> in an all inclusive, you can just unplug for a five nights and reconnect to everything. Did you bring the bring the missus down there, bonk her head against the drywall a couple of times in a nice five star Cancun villa resort, five ninety nine a couple. All you got to do, if you would like to take advantage of this, and if you would not mind, because this is how I'll put some food on the table a little bit, go to MurdochJones.com, click on the book VIP link, and and uh, start looking by the like it's more it's a lot of locations. You can go to Cancun or Cabo or Punta Cana, Puerto Vallarta. Shit, they've even got stuff for Orlando and Vegas, man. So you can save a ton. Also, they've got I. I'll wrap this up. I'm not going to do a million years worth of ads, but I want to, this is the first ad read on this podcast. I want to give them a good run here, right? You can, they've got this dollar down program. Like, let's say right now you're like, man, you know, five nights in Punicana. That sounds pretty awesome right now, but I don't exactly have all the money in the world. You can drop 99 down. You still save like 78% and you can bring the missus or whoever. You can bring the whole family if you want. And they've got adult only and shit for kids and, you know, all kinds of deals. But you can get those deals and save up to 83% on amazing vacation destinations by going to MurdochJones.com and clicking on the book VIP link. Um, I have a sponsors page on there. Also, and this one isn't really an advertiser. This is just like for me. I've got it set up to where if you would like to support this show, you can go to MurdochJones.com and click on, I've got on the sponsors page, I've got an Amazon banner. All you have to do is click that. And then anything you buy on Amazon by like little pennies on the, on the dollar fraction of pennies. I like, that's how this show can make a little money. So like you already buy all of this shit on Amazon anyway. Right? So I'm like, it doesn't cost you anymore. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't like, you have to do absolutely nothing at all. And they, and no one, no one puts you in, in sort of weird ad thing. Like if you just go to MurdochJones.com and click on my Amazon link before you start shopping for your Amazon stuff, you can support this show. So keep buying all the shit you normally do. You don't have to buy anything new. You don't have to do anything different. Just click that banner and shop what you want for, and that's how you can support it, and that's really awesome if you do it, and I thank you for doing so. If you want to leave a voicemail anytime on the show, 605-340-0811. And thank you to Book VIP for becoming an advertiser of the show. Last episode, I was telling you I wanted to do dead dad lessons, right? So, like, one of my twins, um, they, my twins just turned 18, and, like, they're men. We registered to vote. Like, we, we, we brought one of them down to register to vote, and I'm damn near in tears making the lady at the auditor's office take a picture of us, and he could just give two shits, which I think is kind of funny, and I don't care. I mean, be passionate of what you're passionate about. I know your parents want you to be into stuff that you're never going to want to be into. But, like, for me, it was great because I'm kind of a nerd about that stuff. But I bring all that up because last episode we were going to start a new bit called Dead Dad Lessons because Tanner, 
my boy, he hates podcasts. He doesn't listen to podcasts. He listens to music. Hates, can't stand podcasts. But he did tell me that he would listen to my podcast after I died. So I thought it would be fun to have dead dad lessons back to him. Like he's learning them as I go. But here's the problem. I'm not going to be, hopefully, dead for a bajillion years. So I'd be guessing on when they're going to learn these. They're already going to learn these lessons. So that's not really going to work. So I'll kind of just randomly throw them out organically if I come up with them. And maybe... Tanner, if you're listening to this, I'm, I'm changing the bit up a little bit, but hopefully, you know, you're still enjoying it long after I've been put into the ground. Actually, for not put into the ground, I do funerals sidebar. That sounds the whole concept to me is ridiculous. Just cremate me. I've got a list of what I want done with some of that stuff. It's already in a will. I don't we don't need a you know, I want a thing at it where everyone gets together and sings slowed-down versions of the Who songs when they get the Christmas shit back from the Grinch. The last thing I want. That sounds terrible. Here's the thing. I know it's not for, like, funerals aren't for the person who's in the ground. Funerals are for people sitting out in the seats. But tough shit. My funeral. You want to go have your own thing somewhere else in a church where you sing sad songs and some dipshit who's never met me before talks about saving people and makes it a recruiting scheme for Jesus? Like, I have no problem with that personally. I get it. In fact, I also understand it's probably a good place to close some deals if you're in the in the business of some Jesus, right, when everybody's sad. 100% okay with that. It is non-sanctioned officially by my funeral. The only official Murdoch funeral will include a party and and some other things you, that, you know, if you're close to me, you'll find out that I find to be pretty fascinating, and I, I think it'll be an entertaining evening. That isn't me being against recruiting schemes for Jesus. Like, I get it. Some people need that. Some people want that. I just don't want that on the day we're celebrating my death, which hopefully is a bajillion years from now. I said, this is funny. Kids are so, like, kids are great, right? Because um, you can just be infuriated with them, and then they can say something that just immediately, they, they know how to figure you out. They know how to work you a little bit. So I found, first, I didn't know there was another, did you know there was another Cyrus kid? I'm, I, I, I was just jamming out randomly to trying to find new music to enjoy, just jamming out on some playlists. And I found that there was, is it Noah Wiley? Oh, I'm going to mess up the song. Hold on. I don't know. It's not Noah Wiley. Noah Cyrus. Okay. Noah Cyrus. I forget. I don't even remember the name of the song. Um, oh, yeah. Here it is. I heard that Noah Cyrus song, which is called July. And I didn't, I didn't, un, I mean, I'm sure I've seen something on, didn't she do something recently at like some award show that made her look, you know, like, I'm, I think it's hard being a Cyrus kid because you're already rich and already famous. And, like, every kid is setting the bar pretty high. And so if you don't be, continue to be the next amazing Cyrus talent, like, that's got to be pretty hard on a kid, right? Anyways, it apparently didn't stop this Noah Wiley kid from – kid, I don't know. How old – uh, I probably can't call her a kid. How old is Noah Wiley? I have no idea. Kid looks pretty accurate to me as I look at Noah Wiley right now. Anyways, she's got this song called July – and I and I I thought it was really great. It was really pretty. It was it was very simple acoustic instrumentation. But the lyrics were, I don't know. This this lyrics seem a lot older coming from someone that that age. And maybe there's ghostwriters and stuff, but like or songwriters. But man, it was just a great song. Anyways, I say all that because I sent it to my one of my twins, and he's like, 
He brought over beef jerky and like some snacks because he thought I was sad at home listening to sad songs, just being sad panda face. And 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 uh, no, I just like the song, man. But it's nice when your kids start thinking of you like that. Like, oh, what if this person? What if this person I care about is sad? That feels like a parenting win. Look at me make it about myself. Um, couple of stories. And I, and and I, and let's start here. I feel like I owe a formal apology to some people that I treated unfairly in my earlier days of broadcasting. One of which is to the legendary comedian Gallagher. I believe I owe this man an apology. Do you all remember Gallagher? Leo Anthony Gallagher Jr. is his name, who was born in 1946. He's 74 years old, and he's a like he's a less so now, obviously, but he was at one time one of the largest comedians in the fucking world. And largely because of one famous bit called the Sledge of Matic, when he would bring out this giant mallet and smash fruit, and the people in the front row would just get pummeled with bits of fruit. And so, like, you had to wear raincoats and stuff. It was like being at the, you know, the, like the front of a, just a messy comedy show. But, but the comp, like, and so he kind of became known as a bit of a hack because he's a prop comic. He's, he's, it, the whole thing was a parody, right? Like, the joke was supposed to be a one-off. If you don't know anything about Gallagher, I'm telling you the history of Gallagher so I can then eventually get to why I owe Gallagher an apology. I mean, not actual apology, but I feel bad, and I'm just airing this out so I can move on. <clears throat> so, like, Gallagher is underrated because Gallagher had this joke that was half a throwaway where he came in and did because he was a prop act, but he but and so everybody assumed. Do you know what a prop act is? Like carrot tops, a prop act. You just you get shit, you get corny jokes out of your trunk, and you can make kids laugh and families laugh. And and these comedians are always good in places like Bronson, Missouri, or like cruise ships. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like real, like if you look at the audience of Gallagher shows in the '80s when he was pretty mega in '70s, maybe it's real Lutheran, real white and normal, according to them, and nothing too crazy. Like you know, this is not the crowd you want to go to to uh, Tijuana with. Because they're largely not going to have any fun. A lot of Baptists, I think, would think Gallagher is still funny to this day. And he is still funny to this day. But he come up with this bit. If you remember the Ronco Vegematic, which was a kitchen appliance that was on the... Like, he, it, the it, was a, it was like one of the first mega... Um, what's the infomercial type products from Ronco, the Vegematic, and it was like famous, famous. And so Gallagher comes up with this Sledgematic, and it was just a throwaway bit, but it turns out white people who don't have a real deep bench of a sense of humor fucking love Sledgematic, and he did 47,000 albums 
<laughs> you know what I mean? When like he, he just kept, kept doing it and doing it and doing it. But the problem is this. He became known as a hack comic. But if you really listen to some of like if you go back and watch some Gallagher comedy that is not the Vegematic stuff, I would say the closest comparison I would give to Gallagher, amazingly enough, is George Carlin. Because they have very similar styles. It's very it's very performing and it's almost choreographed and it gets into a rhythm on a metronome and he, and it's a play on words so it's it's you know it's got a, it's got a, it's got a is allegory is the right word allegorical I don't know if that's how I'm using that right but I hope you know how I mean it and if I'm using it wrong sorry I'm a dummy but like he couldn't let he couldn't be that kind of famous because he couldn't outshine his stupid sledgematic shit. He was just stuck whacking watermelons in front of white people in the middle of fucking Ohio forever. He could never bust out of that ceiling. Not that that wasn't a hugely giant, successful life. He also, like, he went through a lot of problems, man. Because he was a hat comic, his brother asked him for permission to start using the sledgematic routine, and his brother started doing it, and then that led to eventually Gallagher and Gallagher 2, and, like, they had, like, the entire family had to sue each other, and I believe to this day, like, they still don't, like, nobody talks to each other, like, it's, like, that part of it's, like, this, ru- it ruined his family, like, Gallagher's just got a very tragic undertone to just a guy just bonking watermelons, someone's got to make a, there's a great documentary in this. If I knew anything about making documentaries, I would absolutely do one about Gallagher because, like, he's starting to like. You think he had a stroke or something? Like a couple years ago, he almost like lo- like lost everything, and he's lost his fortune multiple times. And like, he had a heart attack a few years back, but and I and I don't know if he still tours or not. I, that could all be bullshit. Maybe he's on the road not not now because everybody's almost dead. But like. Maybe he's healthy and working and all of that. Anyways, I have an I, I say all of this because I, I have a deep historic knowledge of of Gallagher the comedian, strangely enough. Um, and mostly because we got to interview him. And it's like Gallagher was coming out to play at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. And so he came in that morning and and did an interview with us. And I'm gonna tell you the following story. To then finally get to the reason why I feel like I need to apologize to Gallagher. <laughs> I need to drink. <clears throat> I clear my throat over this. Oh, I just, I have knots in my stomach because I was such an asshole. So Gallagher comes in one morning to do an interview. And like, <laughs> the first thing that happens, it's really strange. Like, a lot of times when you do these celebrity interviews, when you, it, like, when you do them, it, <laughs> It's when you do them in person. It's weird because like they come in and they're in a strange place and they are being handled by people who are running them to the next thing. Even on like Gallagher's level, usually there's somebody who's with them that's like, and and it tends to be when kind of you're on the way down the rung of the ladder, it's like your cousin Ted or your brother could never get his shit together, but you know he's. You could take him on the road and I want to murder him so he, they become a manager. A lot of that shit, right? Or they trust him. You know what I mean? They're, you, you, like, it requires an insane amount of trust. So Gallagher shows up by himself early, 
looking like he's been on a 19-day coke bender. And I believe he says he doesn't drink or any of that, although maybe that's just what you say. But, like, he'd been up for a while. It seemed like maybe he's been driving from Europe. And pretty disheveled. And um, and he had... I'm not ratting him out. This is This is an apology. But he had the... What... I would consider the world's most severe case of body odor that I have ever smelled in a million years. And I know, like, as we're learning, as you listen to this, I'm strange about sense, and I'm willing to admit that even though I know I'm the little lunatic about smells and strong smells, this was unreasonable. I think I saw a flower like a plant like a like an office plant wilt as he walked by but he comes in and you know barring that which was hard to get past it was a fantastic he was great like he killed it he's he was absolutely every inch of professional he was supposed to be when he got on the radio. He was strange and weird and entertaining, and he was on, and he had a bit, which I didn't love, but it was a good bit. You know, I don't like it when when comedians come in and talk to morning shows and just do their fucking bits. That's so lazy, and it's mostly the radio show's fault. Like, the comedians don't want to do that. They work on that. That is their living. The radio shows should be able to talk about something entertaining with these people who have the most fascinating job on earth. But most of that, that doesn't happen because they, uh, well, we can't. Well, that's a whole other podcast. But like this guy came in and nailed it for a lot. Like usually when you're interviewing a celebrity on these type of deals, like make no mistake about it. They don't know us. They don't give a shit. You hear all these things like our, you know, our friend, this person who is in the band, they don't give two shits about you. This is their job to come in and be personable and promote it. Like let them promote it. Usually you get six minutes. You can't really get into every, you know what I mean? Like you get six, like we've done interviews with, with, with comedians, you know, big time famous. Not that, and I don't mean that as a name drop, just the logistics of it all. You get six minutes on the phone or a couple minutes in person, quick picture, Facebook post, get the fuck out. Gallagher was just there. He had nothing to do. He also needed an internet connection because it turns out Gallagher is also a day trader. This guy's a genius, man. He's one of the most fascinating people I've ever met in person that I didn't like. It was just immediately started telling you everything about his life. And he day trades when he's not smashing watermelons for white people. <laughs> and I think he's pretty good at it. At least he kind of indicated that, you know, take, you take a lot of swings. And if you can handle the big ups and the big downs and just have a net up overall, that's how you make it work. And his brain can make the math work. But he didn't have an internet or anything, and he barely had a computer, and he smelled like a, the, a buffalo. I think, I think, I think the joke was at the time, and remember this because we'll have to get it to the joke or to the apology later. I think I called it because it was during the Sturgis motorcycle rally. A dumpster left outside the buffalo chip for several weeks. That's the that's the comparison of the smell. There might have been also baby diapers in there. I don't remember. Just to paint a picture of the smell. And he stayed for like an hour doing great radio. And then after that, just decided not to leave. Like he just stayed hanging out in a random production room, not talking to anybody, not really wanting anybody to talk to him or wanting his anybody's attention. He wanted coffee. He wanted better coffee than what we had. He kind of bitched about the coffee, which I kind of appreciated, right? Like if you're bougie a little bit about coffee, you're going to be like, like, I, I, like, 
first off, the coffee was pretty shitty. Let's, he was just calling, he was just being honest. Most people just would have not drank it or drank it and not said anything. He just openly, he wasn't a dick about it, but he was like, this, this coffee is among the, this is sludge. And the balls of somebody who smells like my bulldog's ass to, to insist on better coffee. It makes me like him even more as I tell this story. But he, like, wouldn't leave. He'd just stay there forever. And eventually we all left. Like, we had shit to do. It was a Sturgis motorcycle rally. We had to go be during a rally. <laughs> and so, like, four hours later, my cell phone rings. And it, I didn't. And and it, and it's Gallagher. Like I have Gallagher in my cell phone, which is I. I mean, I suppose that might be the most famous person I have in my cell phone now, which is not that famous really. That tells me I have a lot of work to do. But it's Gallagher, and he can't remember who I am. He can't remember my name. I'm like, hey Gallagher, how you doing, man? And he's like, there is like this weird. You know, he's kind of up there in age, so old people sometimes struggle with cell phones. So they they sound like CNN interviews when they're in Bahrain. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, hey, Gallagher, how you doing? And then there's this much silence. Hey, it's Gallagher. You know, he kind of fucking sounds like Gallagher. Holy shit, it's Gallagher. I'm like, yeah, man, what's going on? He's like, are you the guy I talked to this morning? Like, yeah, he's like, I I need to, I'm going. I don't remember what he was playing. I'm going to this place. I need, I can't get in. Because he didn't understand that you, during the rally, you can't just pull in places with a car. There's hundreds of thousands of motorcycles everywhere. There's no fucking parking. And, like, the venue didn't line up a runner, a driver or anything, which is insulting as shit. This is also why, I'm, I, now that I'm remembering where that venue is, I'm not going to out him. But, like, they, should, you know, if we, even though Gallagher smells like the bottom of a garbage disposal if you never run it, you still send a driver to pick up Gallagher. It's fucking Gallagher. Hey, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> so I'm like, well, like you, it's Sturgis. You got to walk. And then, and which, and then fuck me by the way, because like I could have arranged a ride for Gallagher, but by this time I was so like, I was busy. I was busy at the time. I was in the middle of something while it was happening, but I absolutely, and I recognize this should have arranged a ride for Gallagher, but I was takes, I, I now that I've had time to think about what I should have done, I should have done that. But at the time, I did not. Fair enough. Let's add that to the reasons I owe Gallagher an apology. That's not what happened. Gallagher heard you need to walk and just went, fucking broke up, broke up, hung up. I just, he just trailed off with a, with a bunch of curses and I didn't really hear it and then clicked. This is the thing that makes me laugh when I tell that story. Gallagher, who is, whether you think he's a hack or not, is absolutely one of the most famous comedians ever. Certainly from the years of like 70-something through the 80s, he was fucking mega. Mega huge. But here's here's Gallagher having to park 10 blocks away from where he's going to do his comedy show. And you got to think about what's involved in this comedy show. So is he carrying a couple trash bags full of fruit and like the world's largest mallet and he's just walking on down the street going to his show? That's that's kind of how I think that had to work out because he couldn't figure out a way to get in there. And it's like, hey, it's Gallagher. What do I do with all this goddamn fruit? 
why I owe Gallagher an apology is the following. And I guess as long as we're going to start it, I should have absolutely arranged for some transportation for Gallagher. That would have been that have been the nice thing to do. And I feel bad about that as I'm telling this story. But I also decided to tell everybody I could, including a radio show that a lot of people listened to for a lot of years, often as I could, how bad Gallagher smelled. I Shit, I even did it on this podcast. And what I should have done was pull Gallagher aside the very day he was in there and said, I don't know if you know this, but there are morgue dumpsters that have more attractive smells than I believe what's coming out of you. You need to change your diet. Or perhaps can I offer you a place to shower? And then I could have made fun of him all the fuck I wanted to because I also solved the problem. <laughs> Gallagher, I'm sorry I didn't say so. Here's what's here. You want to hear what an asshole I am, by the way. Gallagher was back a couple years later before he had that heart attack. I don't remember what he was do- doing, some stupid show he's driving through. And of course, we're going to do a bunch of interviews, but I'm not on the air anymore in this time. But I knew he's in the studio, so I popped in and got another picture with him. Like, holy shit, Gallagher, I ain't seen you for some years. Didn't get into the story, didn't say anything. Why? What, it'd have been a perfect opportunity to pull him aside and be like, hey, Gallagher, remember when you had to play in that place and you had to fucking carry your mallet 10 blocks and like you were calling to see if I could help you, but you didn't really ask me for help because I didn't understand why you were calling me and I didn't offer you transportation. I'm really sorry about that. And also I'm sorry I told everybody that you smell so terrible because you did smell so terrible. And like I shouldn't have used that against you without at least telling you first. Sorry, Gallagher. <clears throat> All right. I've got I've got an even Stevens for you. By the way, let's take one quick ad break. We have our first advertiser on the program. I'd like to take this moment once again to remind you to, if you feel like doing a couple things to support this. If you would like to save over 80% of your next all-inclusive vacation, go to MurdochJones.com. Click the Book VIP link. Book VIP can save you thousands on your next vacation to a lot of places murdochjones.com click that link also you can support by going to murdochjones.com and then there's an amazon link and like you don't have to do anything different you don't have to put in a code you don't have to go to a special place like the next time you shop at amazon if you go to murdochjones.com first click my amazon link that can then um, part of that would then go to supporting this program and i appreciate that but like seriously, nothing nothing's more expensive, nothing changes. If you can just remember to do that before you buy your next thing on Amazon, doesn't matter if you're a prime member, you're not you don't have to sign up for anything. There's no like, you know, give us your credit card number and blah blah blah. All I'm asking you to do before you go to Amazon is go to murdochjones.com first, click that linkity link, get you right there, buy whatever you want and rock and roll. That'd be cool. I sure appreciate it. Um, I have an even Stevens for everybody. If you don't know what Even Stevens is, it's a newer bit we've done a few episodes ago where I'm going to take a position on one side, a position on the other side, and I'm going to get both of these people who are enraged to just calmly see another side here with a rule we're calling Even Stevens. And I'm going to do this by telling you the following story. 
in the same amount of time of a week, two things have happened. We were trying to, as a company here at Home Slice Group, we do lots of cool things, homeslicegroup.com, thehomeslicegroup.com, that's us, um, was working on this deal out on the West that kind of was coming out of the West Coast on a media buying deal, and we were kind of punted off the list because we come from South Dakota, and their perception of us is that we are so in love with Donald Trump that they did not, they just, they didn't feel like culturally we would be a good fit, which isn't a problem in and of itself, um, ex- except for that. That's that is a reason that is dangerous. Like you shouldn't be doing like. We're not, we're not, I don't think we're crazy Trump supporters, but I know we're in a crazy Trump supporter state. I don't mean crazy. I just, I don't mean crazy as crazy. I mean crazy as like a, a high percentage of people are. And that's, set that aside a second. That's not what I'm bitching about. The reason they didn't want to do business with us is because we, they, we were perceived as being too for him, not too Republican, not too Democrat, not too left, too right not too conservative, not too liberal, too Trump. At the same time, in the same week, a local business decided they did not want to do business with us because we were not Trump enough. The people in the middle are being eviscerated because all they want to do is just do what they do, and they don't want every fucking inch of their life to be th- this much of a discussion on one thing. And people in the middle are not. I'm losing deals now, right? Like, you get, think about that. These are people's livelihoods. These are employees. This is like, this is really where we're getting. This is unreasonable. I think both sides are unreasonable. And I set up that story to give you an even Stevens because I took. All kinds of shit for defending you protesters. And a bunch of you super Trumpers were fucking shitty about it. Like, like really shitty about it. Shitty to strangers on the internet. Kind of a dick to me about it personally because you just wouldn't see my side when I'm trying to support people who believe they have been protesting. And listen, I've been with you. Like, my position hasn't changed one fucking inch. I think you should be able to protest whatever you want. And I was even with them until a rock got thrown, then I'm out. I can only go with you so far. It's always been my position. But at the same time, I'm telling you, Super Trumpers, you were also very shitty about the whole deal. Now, let's reverse the roles. The Sturgis Motorcycle Rally is now the fucking deadliest catch in town, right? So it's time to switch up some shit. I'm literally having the exact, exact, fucking exact same arguments to the same people in the exact reverse because now the Sturgis rally is happening and a bunch of super Trumpers are saying this story was bullshit and it's not spreading anybody and no cases and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of which some of your dad is right. I agree with, I'm not talking about who's right or who's wrong right now. I'm defending the Sturgis rally people and taking a bunch of shit from the people who hate Trump. I mean a bunch of shit about it. And at the same time, the Trumpers are still being, you know what I mean? Like you, like you have to admit that it's causing some shit. You can't have it both ways. Four weeks ago, six, actually about eight weeks ago, 
I'd be farther than that even. God, three months ago, I fully believe several of my personal friends, they don't hate my guts and they're not making their world about me, but they but they've just they made a mental decision to that maybe because I think that they if they're not gonna go out of their way to to be more of a friend, not even less of a friend, but just that they're they're there's there there's ensuring there's not a lot of deep future connection based on my defense of protesters and Black Lives Matter and that kind of stuff. Not even me agreeing with everything. And I'm the first one to said to fund the police, the dumbest fucking name on earth, because the name is the opposite of what the goals are. Even a bad agency can tell ad agency can tell you that, that was a stupid idea. But I have your back. And took all kinds of shit from super Trumpers about it. And now the Sturgis rally is, you know, enemy number one. And I'm defending you super Trumpers for the exact fucking same reasons. And I'm taking all kinds of shit about it from the left. You are all the fucking absolute worst and you fucking deserve each other. Because those of us that don't want to be in the middle of all of that, who also think this person's a fucking bananas leader. Like, come on, man. I'm with you. Pelosi is never going to be someone I want in charge. I don't think she's eating babies. Stop listening to QAnon. Listen, the Sturgis motorcycle rally couldn't have been canceled. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And Mother Jones isn't a source. Like, see how this all works? It's even Stevens. You are all the worst. And you need to stop it because you're only the worst because you're just digging yourself in. You won't see the bigger picture. There's a bunch of people hearing this right as we fucking speak that are saying, yeah, and they're agreeing with me. But they don't understand that those are the only people I'm talking to. And like... You know what I mean? We'll see each other and you'll be and or like a comment or or just your activity that has nothing to do with this show. Like you you say you're agreeing with me, but I don't know if you're necessarily hearing me because you're only hearing me when it works out to your favor. Put yourself in a position to maybe like I don't know if I can get you to all the way defend and understand the protests of Black Lives Matters while still being against looting. Like I'm not saying you got to go all the way. But you, but you have to stop. You're also defensive about it. It's not about you, man. No one's taking anything away from you. No one's against you. No one's out to, you know what I mean? Like, no one's trying to kill you. Everybody's trying to do their best. No one's trying to crumble the government, and nobody is trying to kill your grandmother. People care a lot less about you than you think. Calm down a little bit. He said from the podcast that he named after himself. <laughs> I'm just frustrated. I don't want to have the same argument anymore to the same people in a 180 thing. It's literally, that's the first time that has ever happened to me. And I swear to God, I talk for a living. I have been talking for a living since I was 18 years old. And that has never happened to me once. Holy shit, man. Let's end on something light. I got sucked. <laughs> I got I got sucked into the worst worst show. 
So, okay, let me start here. I downloaded the app. The, have you guys downloaded the Peacock yet? It's NBC's uh, streaming application. And I downloaded it because it has the Dan Patrick Show, which I think is, by and large, one of the best radio shows in the country, um, even if you're not a sports fan. I just think it's incredibly well done. And he just redid a deal where he's going to put his show on Peacock, so I'm following, you know, I, I'm a Dan Patrick fan, so I follow him where he goes. And here's the thing. It has a lot of pretty good shows on there, but a lot of pretty bad shows on there. And I accidentally started watching this television show called Royal Pains. I believe this show started maybe 10-ish years ago or so, give or take. God, it might even be older than that. I have no idea. Early 2000s. There's a lot of early 2000s douche in this show. That's maybe where I think this show started. Mid-2000s, maybe. The premise is this. There's this doctor who did something wrong. I can't even remember at this point. And he eventually gets shuffled up to the Hamptons to start a concierge doctor business where he just works on rich people's problems. But then he's a good guy, right? So he also d does a lot of Robin Hood free shoot medicine shit for people who can't afford it. That's kind of the show. But here's the thing. It's like a mixture of MacGyver and like house i've never watched house but as i think house is like as i understand house it's this is that crabby guy who takes like a light bulb and some hand sanitizer and a remote control and he somehow makes a pacemaker that you know he can insert through the nose like that's kind of how i understood house works maybe not oh that's the macgyver part of it like it's macgyver of medicine but house is like this dude who like he knows everything, but he's like, he should be like, for as much as he knows, he should be the most famous person in the world. But somebody comes in and they have like some odd colored booger. And like, he knows that that can only happen from an aardvark bite. And it turns out their neighbors makes fucking aardvark belts. Like the, like it's part detective show, part house, part MacGyver, part complete soap opera. Cause there's a lot of like, everybody's hot and dressed to the nines and just sexy as shit. And there's a lot of like, Oh my goodness, I'm going to have sex. A lot of sitcom-y relationship sex, you know. I'm I'm explaining all of this because it's terrible, but you, holy shit, you just get sucked right in. Because it's kind of nice. Everything gets resolved at the end. Which is maybe why, I, I believe that is why I'm watching it. I'm just watching, I'm binging it. Because it's just, it's pleasant. Even when it's kind of stressful. It's like, the, this. it's the same episode. Every, every episode is the following storyline hey something's going on in their personal lives that is also a little bit funny and fake like stressful because it's leading up to a plot point and then they have a client and that client has a gardener and the gardener raises monkeys and the one of the monkeys got loose and bit 27 kids and all those kids have some weird monkey disease that no one's ever heard of some, some guy from france brought it over and he touched a bowling ball, and it started this thing. And somehow the only person who can figure it all out is this dude who's also a good dude. And at the same time, he's dealing with somebody, you know, some poor person's problems because they have, like, a real thing. Like, they've got liver disease and can't afford the shit, and he's doing a good deed for them. So while he's looking like this badass dude, he's also the guy who notices the weird monkey disease from the strange colored booger from the bowling ball to the French dude and somehow can figure it out all by himself. Maybe I like it right now because somehow there's, there's a world that exists now in my head where, because there's some just mega mega doctor in the Hamptons who can just fix everybody on site because he knows everything. And, and in, in the, in the, in the 2020 that we have, that sounds kind of appealing. <laughs> Shit. I'm, as I'm talking about this, I swear to God, that might be why I like it.
That can't be true. It's just something to eat popcorn to and ignore. But at the same time, it's, it turns your brain just directly off. You are dumber. You're just dumb as fuck after you watch about three hours of it. But it's entertaining kind of. It sucked me right in. It's on the Peacock. It's called Royal Pains. I don't even know who's in it. The short guy who's pretty funny, who's in a bunch of stuff but isn't really famous, and the pothead dude from Road Trip, and a bunch of hot people. That's the best I can. I mean, I could Google it, but I, you know, you figured out Royal Pains. All right, my friends, that's the show. Happy Saturday! Thanks for being with me on a weekend. If you're listening this weekend, thanks to advertisers, Book VIP. Go to MurdochJones.com, click on the Book VIP link, and save thousands on your next vacation. Or go to the sponsors page, click the Amazon link, and buy whatever you want. And what you buy on Amazon will support this show very, very, very fractions of a pennies at a time. And if you all do it, it kind of adds up to how we can do this show. So thank you for supporting it. Um, we'll do a mailbag episode next. It'll be all mailbag, I promise. Okay. Uh, if you got something you want to say, you got, you got, we're, we got a lot of bits going on. Teach us something new. You can holler in and tell us something we don't know, and then we'll talk about it on the show. All kinds of shit. Got a question you want resolved? Got a business strategy you want to talk about? Got a random idea? Got to want to propose to your girlfriend? Fuck, do whatever, man. MurdochJones.com. There's a whole mailbag, and you can leave a voicemail or shoot a text anytime you want. 605-340-0811. I hope your self-care September is going as well for you as it is for me, and I thank you for listening. It's time for the credits. I need to cut some credits. The Book of Murdoch. This has been a Home Slice audio production. This particular credits was recorded in Studio 2A. Executive producer is Mark. <laughs> He's in my cell phone is Mark fucking Houston. <laughs> Executive producer is Mark Houston. Engineering, Chris Jaquez. I think it's Jaquez. I call him Jaquez. And he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch. I wrote this uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Haddon. And all graphic design done by our chief brand officer, Robert Tiberius Henry. See more shows at homesliceaudio.com or check out the homeslicegroup.com. Thanks for listening. Give this a like or a share. And you have a great day. Mark has to listen to this, and he's going to be so annoyed, and that tickles my fancy. (laughs) So leave this goddamn piece in.